0: Hey, guys, welcome to another edition of The Detour. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, I'm joined by four-time National Road Champion, Johnny Chivarro. Johnny, you've uh, made a big effort with your backdrop there, mate. You've you've put up a jersey and, and you're blocking it. We can't even what? see your little o'clock.
1: Well, I tried to hang it somewhere else, but I couldn't hang it. That's the one I just took off when I went for a ride before. <laughs> um, special episode, Johnny. It's the old Orica green edge, so there you go.
0: There you go. And it's it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, do you say that? I mean, it's a big American thing, but it's starting to take off. Yeah, well, no,
1: the kids, we're at the caravan at the holiday park, Jerry's holiday park in Gambia, and the kids have just been going around trick and yep. uh, treating and got bags of lollies, so people are still into it, yep.
0: I i actually went to America for Halloween. I was in New York, I think it was 2014. It was so much fun. I, I've got a photo for you, Ify. Uh, this was me <laughs> dressed as Chucky. And I met a uh, a random down the street and got a photo mm-hmm. with it. She was obviously a whoopee cushion. Um, Which one's the, you? Uh, I'm the one on the left, mate. <laughs> and uh, the costume was that good. There was no other Chucky's uh, in New York. So people were actually offering me five bucks for a photo like the pros get in Times Square. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, we've We've got a monster episode. We're going to be checking in with George Bennett. He's just sent through a photo, John. Uh, This is what he's having to navigate his way through. This is his breakfast. There's an omelette and about four (laughs) kilos of rice. Uh, And we're going to check in with uh, Alan Davis. We're going to give him a fair bit of stick. We can talk about the relegation of Sam Bennett the other day. And, of course, Matt White, because we need someone that knows a bit about bike racing that can analyse what's going to happen. Because, mate, they are some filthy Stages coming up over the next oh, couple of days yeah. at the Vuelta. Next
1: two, next two days. Today is no wonder he's having all that rice uh, for breakfast because he's got a monster that day today and tomorrow. Uh, we've got some comments coming in. Uh, Tom
0: says, I was wondering what was whiffy oh, about the whoopee cushion. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> and Sam says, Alex was on fire last night. Do you think Mitchell and Scott burnt too much energy too early?
1: No, I no, don't, because I think they were, he wasn't burning any energy. The rest of the team was just making sure they closed that gap because they thought he was a chance. Um, so, you know, but, um, they were up there. Uh, what um, Young Stannard's riding really well. But, um, wow, what a, what a ride of, uh, of Roglic last night, eh? Ooh. Oh. He's unbelievable. Um, when we spoke to
0: George Bennett a couple of days ago, and he was talking about obviously the Jacket Gate incident, uh, but he said how he was still feeling good, and it was just a matter of you know once they got back on, you know there was they were outnumbered ten to one, uh, but he was still in good form, and he's showing it, and the punters agree. I mean, he's a dollar thirty six to win the Vuelta. I think he's three dollars sixty for the stage tonight. Um, is anyone going to get near him? Can Carapaz do it?
1: yeah this will suit carapaz uh um, even more so because he's you know such a a, a great uh, on the steeper climbs like that but you know, who can sell it with, with roglish i was a bit disappointed Carapaz actually eased, just once he realised he was done, he eased a fraction, not realising the bunch would split, and that cost him the three seconds, which cost him the the, the leaders' jersey.
2: Mm.
0: It'll be
1: really interesting. If Roglic beats him easy tonight, well, then it's game over. But I would be surprised. I I think those two have got a bit of a duel coming up. Okay. Now, let's get into our first
0: guest. It's Alan Davis. Uh, We spoke to him the other day. Uh, He's working with the UCI. Albie, how are you travelling, mate?
3: Good mate, Go, JT. How
1: you going, boy? Yeah, Gay Al. the old frozen photo. It's always scary at the start when uh, you hear your oh. voice and your lips aren't moving. You're like a ventriloquist, you are, Albie. A, a vent. <laughs> what did you say?
0: Call him a ventriloquist. Oh. Yeah, it's a ventriloquist. <laughs> uh, the- <laughs> what I thought I said. We, now. we have now, we, we- now, Alan. Let's get straight into it. What happened two days ago, mate? You. More than anyone should understand sprinting, and argy bargy is just part of the sport, mate. What happened?
3: Oh, mate, it's a complicated situation. Um, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I understand sprinting. off as you know, well, and and I seen what was happening. Sort of not only in the last kilometer, but also in the last uh, few kilometers leading into the. There was a corner about a, a kilometer and two hundred meters out from the finish, mate. So as you know, all the team directors give the same, uh, you know, uh, give the same um, information, you know, you have to go into the, the corner, uh, the front. So there was, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot going on coming into that corner and obviously on the out, on the coming out of the corner and coming into that sprint. And uh, yeah, there was, um, unfortunately, it wasn't just a little bit of rubbing shoulders um, two days ago, there was two violent um shoulder charge movements from sam unfortunately that was just a little bit over the the you know the limit so um, you know i'm not a commissaire but the, at the uci but um you know the commissaires had to make a decision and uh you know and the reality is mate um i don't think and sam he also said it as well he didn't really have to do it uh, it was kind of more an anger because he's seen what was going on. The same thing happened to his lead out rider in front of him at the time. So it was kind of like, a you know, get away from, a from a mate as well. So, uh, yeah, and the fastest guy, it didn't affect the result. I'm hundred percent clear of that. Sam was the fastest. He did the best sprint. The, the actual last 200 meters was really clean. Nothing happened. So yeah, it was just one of those racing incidents. And, um, like I said, Sam, after sometimes you win some, sometimes you don't. And, uh, yeah, it's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes.
1: So, what happens in that situation, uh, Albie? Uh, so, as you say, you're not a commissaire, but you're on that panel. Did they call you in and ask you for your opinion?
3: No, no, JT. I'm. That's not part of my work. Uh, I'm basically there just to just to help them. You know, like unfortunately, you know that the we don't have um, footage of the. We normally have a var like a like in soccer, like a replay van with all the technology that we can use. Well, I can't use the, the commissaires used to make their decisions, but unfortunately it's not here. So the, the guys had to you know, race around looking for footage to slow it down. And, um, and with, with the bubble situation as well, it wasn't easy to find people that are in the same bubble as the commissaires. So it was, yeah, it was all pretty hard for the conversations, to be honest, JT, and uh, I'm, I'm not involved in the decision. They do their work. I'm just there to, you know, make sure that they're in a safe environment to make the decision and the and the rider and the sports director are, are in a, you know, are in a quiet room. We're not in front of the public because there's a lot of people with phone, mobile phones out, you know, um, just videoing the whole situation at the on the street. So basically, you know, my job was there just to put them in a professional place, place so they can do their work. And um, that's about it, mate.
0: We've got a comment that's coming from Buster Thomas. He says, yesterday's stage had some confusion with the finish times, three second gap, then no gap, then three seconds again. Who makes those decisions and why the confusion?
3: Uh, once again, the commissaires make those decisions. Um, yeah. It's part of, the, part of their, their role. Um, yeah, there was uh, well, there's uh, there's rules for massive sprint days and obviously climbing days. So you know the the says there's a bit of confusion there, I believe. But um, yeah, the there was time gaps taken in between each rider as they come across the across the line. Iffy, bit tricky on stage yeah, well, uh, the uh, uh, when they're uphill. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so it seemed that they they first go three seconds, but they gave. They ended up giving them, even though there was a gap of nearly three seconds, two seconds, back to second, third. They ended up giving them the same time, and they, and the time gap was back about eight places, and that's where it was another gap, and that's where Carapaz lost the three seconds. So the guy who got second, third, fourth, fifth, they got the same time uh, as uh, um, Roglic, evidently. So it was a bit strange It was the way it was uh, sorted out. Yeah
3: yeah yeah i'd like to say boys i you know i'm definitely not a commissaire. and it's not my my job um i was more of i was there just checking out the the safety aspect you know the the barriers and just the whole the whole um run into that finish line it was a they did a really good job once again the organizers and uh, I, was, I was there concentrating on that Oh, listen, So what Shane, you're saying, Albie, everybody... is
1: we can't blame you. Is that what you're saying? We can't blame you. Take, cover up that UCI yeah. badge,
3: mate. Just yeah. cover it up.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I, I actually I, – I, I did like what you said the other day, JT, about having, you know, former sprinters like a committee. Um, yeah, that's definitely a, a good call. Uh, I, don't, I definitely think that, you know, an ex, uh, former sprinters have – a really good feel for you know, like me looking at the the safety of the, the whole last kilometer, for example, you you find little details that uh, that if you, you know you didn't do over a decade sprinting, you wouldn't find it. So um, maybe a committee and on on board that you can re- relate to is a pretty. I, I think that's a pretty good call.
0: Well, why don't you speak to the brass at the UCI and give yourself the title as the president of the sprint committee? Be the first ever spring committee, and just be the top of the tree. You might get a good little
3: chop out but, of that.
1: But, yeah. but, but
0: adding yeah. to that, I, I, I'll I be it's a, ridiculous.
3: My, be
1: but it, it's ridiculous that there's the, the guys are there, and you've got one <laughs> of my grandsons trying to come through <laughs> the door there. <laughs> The guy and you, it's <laughs> all happening here. Uh, and you've got one of the, you know, a, a former world's top sprinter working with them. Why oh. did not they grab you in there oh. and, and ask your opinion? It's a bloody joke.
3: Well, yeah, I would, you know, to be a commissaire, mate, especially an international commissaire, there's a lot of courses that you have to go through. And I haven't, you know, I haven't got that uh experience or I've done any courses of, of commissaires, definitely. I have the practical experience of uh no yeah but um yeah legally i've got no uh no input at all at the commissaires. the way the situation is at the moment and you know they, they they need a lot of respect you know that it's not an easy job it's, it's under the, the guys are under the pressure i'm definitely learning a lot more now you know after cycling and what goes on with the commissaires and the yeah, you know, these guys—they find me <laughs> when I was racing. I was never. they're great, great people, great men, and and women that I have worked with over you know, the last two years. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not a commissaire, I'm a technical advisor here. So uh yeah, yeah maybe moving forward is something that um, yeah maybe we could look into at the UCI internally. Yeah, I like it's that great. title.
1: President yeah. Alan Davis of the Sprint Commission. <laughs> we spoke to Robbie last <laughs> night about it. And, and, and Robbie, when I first spoke to him before we went to air, he said, oh, no, he looked at the bump. He said, there's a bit, you know, two of them. But then when he looked at it in more detail, he said, look, what really doesn't fit right with him is that you had a guy trying to move in on a sprint train. You've got the sprint train. Leading out the guy, yeah. you just don't do that. You don't try and move the guy getting yeah. the lead out off the wheel. And that's what was happening anyway
3: exactly that's what i was going to this was related to, relating to before now I, I understand exactly what uh you know the frustration sam had and you just there's unwritten rules that you just don't do when he was trying it wasn't only that last one but like i said leading into the last corner it was already trying to get into a lot of them a lot of the trains so um yeah that's just that's an unwritten rule that you don't do unfortunately what sam did wrong was and the, and the says said it as well. It wasn't just a general leaning on the, to hold his position. You know, a good sprinter always holds his position. It was just that really violent, violent two um, move. Yeah,
0: it was, a, it was a crow. It was really a crow peck to the, the guts. It was a ripper. I thought it was yeah, ripper. So <laughs> Um before we let you go Albie, uh, you got a busy day ahead. What are you predicting for this filthy stage 11? Have a look at that.
3: Oh, the, the next the next two days, boys are uh, incredibly hard. We've got today, we've got that to do today, and then tomorrow we have angry Aloud, one of the hardest climbs in in the world actually in terms of gradient. So um
4: it's yeah, this one. The,
3: the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> was, uh, basically no, angry the last time I went up there, my car bloody couldn't make it, the clutch burn out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I reckon, um, mate, Ro- Rob Lee, um, believe all the way he's going at the moment, and and to give you a little bit of a tip, boys, yesterday's stage, the, the finals, you know, this is last. K was uphill, quite tricky. His sports director was there at eight o'clock in the morning, just doing laps up and down that last K, to to give advice to to Rodlich for for the stage. So you know they're they here to they're they're meaning business here. The guys setting up the finish were there, and, and the, the team directors doing laps on his bike up and down the finish. You know, so I reckon he'll be he'll be thereabouts today and um and tomorrow, and they're here to win the welter.
0: Well, the UCI is going to have the work cut out, mate, because there's going to be a lot of riders, I reckon, that aren't going to make the time cut, and a lot of it will be they'll just be in the group and hey, They you can stick this race fair up the wrist hole. I'm not, I'm not going to do that for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, I might,
3: uh, I might, I might change my shirt there today and tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might, I might hide it a little bit so I don't get all the old old teammates and. Small streak is uh, ripping into me.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining the detour, 2 Albie, and congratulations on uh, your pending title as president of the Spring Commission, mate. That's a It's a just reward for a long career and I uh, wish you all the best. Good on you, Daisy. Thanks, you got to vote, mate. Uh, You've got yeah. the yeah.
1: vote.
0: <laughs> Alan Davis, I just got message from uh, George Bennett that he's uh, he's ready to go. So, um, we're going to whack him on, but yeah, you look at those profiles. I mean, that is absolutely filthy today. And then tomorrow I've never seen a a climb that looks like they're going over Everest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, you watch them, they have done it in the past and they're almost standing still, um, you, know, you don't see any of that little tiny peddling, even with their biggest, their, their, their biggest cog and everything. They're struggling to get up uh, up that one. Tomorrow's is a real ripper.
0: Um, Sam says Bennett was last across the line last night. He didn't look very well. Any news? That's not George. It must be Sam no, no, home.
1: Sam. Sam was in real trouble. Matter of fact, he they were they were trying to set it up for him because they thought, you know, some sort of sprinter might be able to get there. Uh, so they were working for him. But he got spat quite early and he was really struggling. He will have big trouble getting in the time uh, cut today, I reckon. Yeah.
0: But uh, not George.
1: But- George will do it easy. Oh,
0: yeah. He's going really good. Uh, we've got another comment from Troy Rogers. Love the podcast, guys. Quick question. When a rider sits up on a climb, what sort of wattage would they be doing? Do you have any, any insight on that, John? Or we'll save that for George.
1: Save that for George. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, well, before George comes on, I reckon it's time to give Michelin a plug, mate. Oh. Have, have you got your script?
1: No. Oh, no. Been, no I, before,
0: before we do, before we do, I had a lot of comments of people saying, you do talk over each other. So the finger, just keep with- using the finger, and then wait till I go, John, when we do the interview. So when we talk with George, our goal is we're gonna get through this whole interview and no one's gonna talk over the top of each other.
1: And yes. so far we've we've been very successful with the finger. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so but but do the do the uh, do the uh, bike exchange ad first while I go and find my my notes. Okay.
0: Okay, here's a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange.
2: Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at this guy, this girl, them all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike or just a piece of it amateurs semi amateurs and pro amateurs this guy wants this bike but with this crank and these bars this could be the perfect match but not this one this girl has a bike to sell and thousands of people might purchase it eyes on bikes help grow small businesses his hers yours and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving we are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands, where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides.
1: Great ad. Uh, How did you go with your notes, John? Yes, we're there. We're there. No sign, of George <laughs> yet.
0: <laughs> oh, hang on, George. I don't think we um, waste his time. I think we um, we get him straight in. Uh, But I think he might be having technical difficulties because I can't see his picture, but I'll bring him in. George, are you there, son? I'm
4: here, but I'm not looking too fresh on your screen.
0: (laughs) 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 Have you you turned your video off? What's going on, mate? Oh, yeah, that might be it. Oh, there we go. Another another tip, can you tilt your camera so we can see your beautiful face? Yeah, there you go.
4: Perfect, perfect. Just showing my experience as a podcaster.
0: No, you're all right, mate. How'd you go getting through that uh, ten kilos of rice? Oh, I was a DNF on the last part.
4: I uh, yeah, I mean, this, that, that was that, that was amongst other sort of uh, other things we had to put in, but it was a it was basically a, a twelve hundred calorie breakfast, and I think that's the last time for twenty twenty. I can confidently say I'm going to put away a massive plate of rice for breakfast. <laughs>
0: yeah, like well, it must to, get day today, mate. Oh, John, you just cut me off. You've done it straight you up the bat. Didn't put, you didn't put
1: your finger up, mate.
0: Okay, <laughs> keep going. Sorry, George. We're still learning this
1: podcast game ourselves. John, <laughs> would you like to ask George a question? <laughs> I'll just say you'll need all the, every one of those calories, mate, because uh, it's a Moz today today. It, it, it uh, looks like a real uh, a tough day in the office for you, bud.
4: Yeah, it's a it's, it's a real uh, Daryl Tuffy. You know who Daryl Tuffy is? Probably people don't know. Who yeah, he is. it's a tough stage, um, and it's a queen stage. So it's all in today, um, and I feel like after this weekend, we'll have a pretty after today and tomorrow, we we'll have a pretty good idea who's going to win the Vuelta. Premaus must be feeling pretty good, mate.
0: Like Jeezy looked strong yesterday, and uh, the confidence must be sky high at the moment
4: yeah yeah he kind of flipped us a little bit by taking the jersey so now we've got a ride all day it would have been <laughs> nice if he just won the stage and didn't get them and then we could just been a second behind and let you know cameron worth and through do all the work today but yeah unfortunately now i've got to roll up the sleeves and, and chase chase anyone that goes up the road and i think it's going to come thick and fast from Movistar. They're just going to launch it Guys of the day.
0: Oh, we've got Wi-Fi and issues.
4: The, I really remember yeah. about the stage was that um, Brambia and Rovni punched on. Oh, a, right. I'm, what? I'm in a yeah. fortified hotel. Yeah. So what I was saying is everything yeah. I remember from, from this stage um, when I did it in 2014 was the punch on between Rovni and Brambia. So um, that's worth a look. I recommend revisiting that. What what happened? I don't I don't remember. Oh they uh they just punch on. It's just it was good. Look it up, Google it, YouTube it for the viewers. Um, okay, that was the one at the end of the, the
1: stage, p- just after finishing the stage, wasn't
2: it? Yeah.
4: No, 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 no. no. They were on the bike. It was good. It was good. It was oh, good okay. battle. I mean they were in the breakaway and one wasn't pulling and one had a guy behind or something and
2: yeah. Well, oh, so, yeah, no, so I'll have to check it out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> bring back the deal. Hey, I've, I've actually got to shoot, boys. I'm, uh, that's i that's all right, understand. mate. We're, we're on we're we're out of here, but um yeah, today's the Queen's Age and uh wish
5: us luck. we
1: we're, we're expecting a big ride from you today, mate. Because yeah, last time yeah. we had you on, you absolutely starred that day. So I think we're your uh we're your red bull, mate. We give you a bit of wings, so I think <laughs> you'll go today. Yeah,
0: it's all us, mate. It's kilos. all the detour.
4: Yeah, it's good. It's just really, well, you know, it's like it's a good, as a sure way to, it's a a sure way to, to make sure your day can't start and get any worse. You know, you start with a detour and then it's only uphill from there. I want to wait to
0: finish. Good on you, George. We'll speak to you soon, mate. Right, boys. See you later. <laughs> Thanks, See you, mate.
4: George. See you,
1: mate.
0: Well, that's all you need, short and sharp. We got an insight into what he's eating. The guys are confident. George is pissed off that they've taken the jersey early. um We'll have insight. to go-
1: we'll have to Google that fight uh, that he was talking about. So uh, see if we can find that.
0: Yep, for sure. Um, I can't remember that fight. Normally, I'm pretty good with those er- eras around 2014 diff- and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Um, all right, John, Mitchell and Wines.
1: Okay. And I'll be there tomorrow, as I mentioned. My uh, son's 40th birthday tomorrow, so we'll have some special picks uh, to, sh- to show you. But. Uh, um, one of Australia's favourite wineries and a place of escape, Mitchelton Winery. Experience the history, the beauty and the serenity of the Goulburn Valley at your own pace. Looking over the vineyards from the iconic tower, staying at the new hotel. There it is there, just absolutely glorious. Relaxing by the pool, recharging in the day spa, exploring the seasonal menu at the Muse restaurant, which I will be doing big time tomorrow. Stopping by the Provador Touring, the cellars and, of course, tasting their signature wines. It's become a very popular uh, venue for weddings and major functions. And, of course, make sure you get down to the uh, Aboriginal Art Gallery, uh, which is world-class, and have a look at the amazing uh, array of paintings. And, of course, the uh, $10,000 land cruiser with the 1.2 million dollar paint job so uh i'll be down there putting a bid in for you tomorrow
0: it is one of the most expensive cars in australian history you've got to get down and see it it's it's one of a kind it's absolutely by
1: end of this for welter it'd be worth about three million i reckon
0: (laughs) for sure um so what is the plan for the 40th what do you you
1: Are just going to sit around and have lunch and you got anything else? Yeah, so we're, we're going the to the muse. Uh, mm-hmm. um, we've got uh, two tables. So I've got my four kids and most of the grandkids got weren't allowed to come, all the adult grandkids, because they were driven us mad. But the three little ones we, we had to bring along, well, the four little ones. So, um, so they'll be uh, making a nuisance of themselves, but the rest of us. So we're going for a beautiful lunch and then um, – into uh, wine tasting uh, after lunch and, uh, and then we're just going to try and work out how we get home.
0: Oh, yeah, they're minor details. Hey, um,
1: <laughs> just on that
0: chat with Alan Davis before that, that's a good idea. If he gets on the front foot and creates like a some sort of sprint commission or something just for those sprint stages when they have to review
1: it, that makes sense, doesn't it? It does. It needs, um, it, it needs some uh, of the DSs. We need mm. to get, we'll talk to Whitey about well, it. We need Whitey. some of the well, and, and, and Here he comes uh, to, to, to suggest to do them. Morning, gentlemen. How, I, how, are you, how are you, Whitey? Yeah, good. Yourself?
0: Good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks, mate. Um, um, we've got a bit of an echo, echo going on at the moment. I don't know what's happening there. But anyway, um, how's, the um, how's the How's school the sports school sports going? Sports going?
5: Good, good. Just uh, my oldest son's about to kick off, actually. And then I've got to go straight to football after that. So, busy morning this morning. Looks like we've got a couple of filthy stages ahead at the Vuelta. Um, can anyone roll Roglic for this tour, you think? Uh, look, I think Carapaz looks very good as well. Uh, but I, I, do see it, I, do see, I do see it eventuating into a bit of a two-horse race between those, those two gentlemen. And after this weekend, you've got, you know, then you've got a rest day, then you've got the only time trial of the race on Tuesday. And I think after that, whoever's leading by Tuesday afternoon is going to be pretty hard to dethrone. Iffy. Iffy.
1: Yeah. So, the because yeah, la- so the, last, last, the last, week last week is nowhere near as severe uh, as the first half or just over half of the world there has been. These two days are definitely the toughest. But as you say, uh, Whitey, whoever's really leading, um, on Tuesday will be the winner. I mean, even if Carapaz got a small lead over the next two days, he's probably going to lose, you know, 45 seconds or something to Rogrick in the time trial anyway.
5: Yeah, I agree. But I think if the two of them can stay close by Tuesday, it's going to be really interesting last week because they have definitely been the two strongest teams and the two strongest leaders. But look, what's amazing me about Rogrick is the man hasn't stopped. Like since we started back racing after the re- resumption of racing with COVID, I think the guy has not stopped and has not stopped winning since we started back three months ago. So, look, there's, he, if, if, if he has a weakness, it'll be the last. It'll be the last week. But uh, he certainly hasn't shown any up to date. Um, We spoke with Robbie McEwen
0: yesterday, and I thought he had a pretty good explanation for this um, resurgence of these young stars. And that was they come up to form really quick as opposed to the old dogs, which need that racing in their legs. Do you agree with that? I do. I do for
5: some guys. I think Rodsley probably goes against the curve a little bit there. Um, But also you've got to take into the fact that now in Slovenia, they didn't have a lockdown at all so uh, he logic was able to train this whole year okay he didn't he missed a, b- a big block of racing but I, I definitely think it hurt it did hurt the likes of Nibble in the giro especially the older guys uh, definitely and, and I, I do agree that young guys do come up quicker um, young guys they don't need the same amount of competition as the older guys but uh, yeah look it's been a very interesting year but I, I, I definitely think we've seen a changing of the guard with uh, with some of the young guys because if you look at you know, look at someone like Almeida at the Giro the kid was 22 uh, first year professional and the way he handled the Giro and not only handled it you know, besides being in the jersey for 14 days finishing fourth in the last stage time trial you know. and if you look, go back to look at his results over the last two years which I have Like, there's nothing really that stands out that impressive but to do what he did as in his first year to tell you know, lockdown, no lockdown, the, the, the kid's got an engine and uh, there's been some very impressive results from young riders uh, throughout the season Ify. Ify? Yeah, no, I was very
1: impressed with him. And and I was very impressed with, uh, even though Sunweb uh, lost the race, I was impressed with the way uh, that that they raced it, uh, their tactics. I don't think they did a thing wrong. Uh, the only thing that stuffed them up was uh, the Aussie, Rowan Dennis, <laughs> putting up those two days in the mountains. <laughs> but no, a, a fantastic race. And, 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 and we're getting a brilliant uh, Vuelta now. I mean, this has been a bike race and a half, and every day they're going for it so today is going
5: to be a ripper yeah well t- t- today's the longer longer of the days I, do- I don't know today's climbs at all i know that i know the anguilera tomorrow i think today's 170k uh pretty solid day in the office and then tomorrow's only 109 but my god it's got some uh got some climbs in it uh, and usually usually the uh, usually the shorter stages that are more entertaining and race the harder anyway so Regardless, they're, they're, they're hard finals, and I think you're going to see a, you're going to see a lot more of a shake up in the GC by uh, by the end of the weekend.
1: That that last climb tomorrow has got ramps
5: of uh, over twenty percent, hasn't it? It's it's one of the hardest climbs in cycling. It's um, yeah, I, I don't know too many climbs that are harder, and I don't know I don't know what the weather's like for Sunday, but I know if it if it is wet. Uh, it's one of those climbs where it's that steep. You struggle if you get out of the seat. You you you'll struggle to hold traction. That's how steep <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I I did the first time they used the the Anguilera, I did it in back in two thousand and one, I think. And uh, it was yeah, it's a nasty climb. And you know, knowing the northern northern Spain, they've been pretty lucky with the weather so far. Uh, but if uh, yeah, at that time at this time of year, they're highly likely they get some rain as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, Whitey, with the um, whole GC approach um, for Grand Tours, on the on all the results that have happened this year, there's been obviously a couple of surprise results. But where do you go in terms of preparation? Like uh, it's been said many a times, it doesn't hold much weight if you finish fifth to tenth on GC. And with all these guns that are coming, particularly the Young Brigade, how does that sort of change your approach to next year? Obviously, you've got Simon Yates. But um, will will the other races, if you like well, – we don't think we're going to finish top five. Then we'll just go for stages.
5: Um, look, yeah, we're, in the, we're in the process now of sort of building a calendar for, for next year. Just waiting to see, firstly, what happens, firstly, with Australian summer. That'll, that'll affect our, uh, a fair bit of what we do very soon, if, if that's on. Uh, and otherwise, we'll start our racing back into th- the traditional European races. But, you now we've got, at the moment, obviously, Simon Yates is our... The, the big changer for us is the, the arrival of Michael Matthews. It just opens up another scope of races for us to win next year, which we didn't have, which is great, especially in the one-day races. Um, but I think next year for us, a big focus will be uh, also developing Lucas Hamilton, and we, we do see him as a as a rider who can take the man take the mantle as a GC rider. And so we'll be giving him opportunities, especially throughout the spring, uh, for him to slot into that leadership role and run him uh, probably adjacent to what we do with uh, with Simon and. You know, we're looking at next year's calendar and Simon's ambitions to win the Olympics. Um, the Giro will probably be a big focus for Simon next year, anyway. So that, that does open up opportunities. But I think when you know, if you if you're in a race there where you're not developing a rider, then then I think you're right. You know, the best the best thing is to go for stage wins. And you know, we've got we've got a good array of guys looking for looking, who, are, who are capable of winning stages in those races. So you know, you just got depending on the final make up of where your leaders go, it's a it's a good approach to take. Well, just on that, um,
0: given the results of Jai and Tao, um, how far do you think Lucas would have gone in, in the
5: Giro if he had have been able to stay on? Uh, very. Uh, very. Uh, Lucas was in a good place when we left. He was actually in front of Tao, Tao on GC, a little bit behind, like 30, 45 seconds behind Jai. But I would have expected him to challenge for a podium for sure. And how, how's he holding up mentally, um, sitting on the sidelines and, and seeing those results. Uh, look, it wasn't easy for any of us. I mean, if you look at the you know, you, I read an interview this week about Garen Thomas, you know, when you put so much effort into getting ready for, for an event, it's it's weird to watch it from the sideline. You know, especially under the under the circumstances that we had to leave. Uh it, it is really weird. But uh look Lucas is back in back in Australia now, uh doing doing his quarantine before he gets back to see his family. But uh, we just all had to, you know, for the people involved from in the Geos, press the reset button and have a little bit of a rest, and then uh, we're carrying on, carrying on to get ready for uh, for next season. Ify, Ify,
1: we've just been talking about um, the the sprint stage two days ago when Sam Bennett got uh, rubbed out. We had Robbie on uh, giving his opinion, and we just talked to Alan Davis. We we reckon that uh, the UCI commissaries should have some sprint some guys with actual sprint experience in a little like a sprint panel to to refer to because you've got guys who don't even know what they're talking about i mean you don't get people who shouldn't be jumping into the sprint line to what happened i know he gave them a bit of a, a bit harder nudge but uh, i i thought there's too often these old guys who haven't got the proper experience whereas he had a little uh, a panel of actual ex road sprinters who could advise them what do you think of that
5: yeah, look, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And I think the biggest problem with the UCI and decisions, especially around sprinting, is just consistency. I think anyone can deal with the rules and adapt to the rules, but as long as they're the same for everyone, as long as you're not getting disqualified at the welter, and then the next week you get away with the same action. So what 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 riders want and what teams want is consistency. So we, we understand that there's been a couple of bad accidents this year and maybe there's been a couple of knee-jerk reactions by some of the commissaires. To, to, to put a bit of fear in some of the sprinters um, because they don't want more accidents like that, which is fair enough, but it's got to be consistent. Uh, and and I, I agree that you know a little bit of uh, actual knowledge of how a sprint works certainly doesn't go astray.
2: Mm.
1: We'll get oh, you right. on the ball. <laughs> we'll get the panel going, <laughs> the panel mate. We've we'll well, got someone like Alan Davis there. He's working with the UCI. I, you know, I, I, on every stage, he's there to be able to 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 speak to you. you think that uh, you know, someone like that who was a good spreader and, and knows what he's talking about, you think they could have called him in?
5: And it's not that big a move. It's not that big a move, and and, and I, it just adds a little bit little more of credibility to the, to their decision in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining right. us again, Whitey. Um, what's the score at
0: the? What are you at the handball? I am at handball at the moment. She's zero zero at the moment, mate. how do you go watching from afar you one of those obsessive parents that can dive in and get quite emotional particularly when it comes to sports like soccer
5: i have known to be, but uh, actually the the soccer parents actually here uh, i think they do many places around the world they scare me actually they uh wherever the sport is whatever the most popular sport is in any nation the parents there are usually the most feral and uh, they're all, they're all, they all think their son's going to turn them into the next Leo Messi and take them out of Spain. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty it's just, football is pretty serious. But I, the, the the parents' handball and football are, are totally different, and it's the difference between it's a you know it's it's a professional sport here in Europe as well, but certainly not with the same money. So the parents are not quite as obsessed.
0: Well, they had um, professional coaches for these under sixes. I remember you telling me back in the day.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mate, you go to any park uh, of an afternoon in Australia and you'll see the one-on-one professional coaching with the kids with soccer. It's a, it's a big industry. It's a big industry. And then you know, parents paying someone to coach their little Johnny to, to, to improve and to move his way up the ranks. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't happen here in Spain, but it, it happens in Australia.
0: But wasn't um, Julian Dean's kids, they couldn't get a start for the local side in Valencia and then they went back home to um, New Zealand they were representing the country. Yeah,
5: well not, not quite the country but very high level no it's a true story. Uh, Julian's oldest son because the kids here the kids here start football at three, or soccer uh, at three years of age so and, and they're training twice a week for an hour at least. so by the time they get to seven years of, years of age you know they've done the amount of training and skill work they've done is nearly double of what kids in Australia do at the same age. You know, the kids don't play football at three or four years age maybe five or six. So they've got a couple of years, they're a couple of years up already. So Tanner was just, he was just an, an average knock around kid here in Spain, not, not one of the best kids. And then when he went back to New Zealand, because he'd had so many years more skill work, he was just running. And yeah, in, back in Australia and New Zealand, you know, there's Annie Jane and Uncle Bob are the coaches. And you know, and here in Spain, all the, the, the coaches of the younger kids are, are athletes. So what they do is a kid. Because most of the bigger clubs here, they have they have a senior team that play in fourth division or whatever, and so the, those players are semi-professional. But part of the deal is that they'll pay them to play in fourth division. But part of the deal is they have to they have to coach an under seven and an under nine team. So actually, the coaches here are, are actual players, and and so the level of coaching here is higher and it's subsidised. Which uh, there's no written, no uh, no surprise why a country like Spain is one of the world's best in football. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating Good, stuff. Fascinating well, stuff, as we
0: man. said, thanks again for joining the detour, mate. Get back to the handball, and uh, we'll check in with you just before the end of the Vuelta, and, and get your take on what's uh, going to transpire over the
5: final couple of stages, mate. A perfect. Big weekend ahead. Be great watching. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff, mate. See, Jens. See. You. See, you, Maddie. See, Maddie.
0: There's uh, DS Matty White. She's having a work cut out then. I had to mute his mic every time we started talking so we didn't get that oh, echo. Wow. See, these are yeah. these are all the things you don't see behind the scenes,
1: Ify. I didn't realise oh. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, But the minute I leave you completely alone, you, you can't handle it. <laughs>
0: Mate, <laughs> I, I, I'm at the peril of this technology. Now, one <laughs> segment that we used to love on this show was the detour, Delorean. I thought, why not bring it back for tonight? Uh, let's go. Rolling.
1: Where we're going, we don't need
0: roads. Now, this is relevant because uh, we had a comment from Tom saying Chavez is going pretty well. He's still got a chance to move up behind the top two. Um, where is he on GC at the moment, he, I think he's still four no, or five he, minutes long.
1: Yeah, No, not quite that far, but he, he's dropped back a bit over the last uh, uh, couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've spoken about it a few times. Um, in the 2015
0: Giro, uh, Giro for Welter, Esteban uh, was in the red jersey, and on stage nine, it was just pandemonium out the front of the team bus. So I wanted to show a snippet of that backstage pass to show how fanatical the Colombian fans were that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chief of security. Does
4: this seem warrior a bit? I think for today you need some somebody bigger, eh? a little bit bigger than uh, than me, I think.
0: So you've been uh, relieved of your
4: duties. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you ask. Um, this morning I had a call. You remember uh, the first stage we had uh, we had a Katy Perry on the on the backstage pass, and then yesterday she saw the footage of uh, me working as a bodyguard, and she actually gave me a phone call. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said. Uh, for the next two weeks, I'm not available, but maybe after that. You guys so,
0: were uh, in the first minute, though. Uh, <laughs> Gareth, how you pulled up after
5: yesterday? Man? Uh well, considering, uh, not too bad, really. Um, fortunately, only damage is to my head, so hopefully, the legs are still going to be pretty good today. And
0: uh, pretty crazy
5: scenes
2: out the front of the box today, mate. Yeah, too right. I reckon we should probably go and do uh, tour of Colombia after looking at these sort of uh, these sort of fans. Oh, no, This is
4: they didn't hang around the wait for you. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I dismissed
2: missed <laughs> I don't think about me. <laughs>
0: poor mitch <Midge. laughs> <laughs> I didn't wait. I didn't wait around for his autograph. But yeah, so, no, that was
1: that was crazy. Sorry, Esteban is seventh at three minutes twenty-eight, uh, but he's only he's still only a couple of minutes. Uh, Like So Dan Martin's third at 25 seconds, Hugh Carthy at 51, then it's 154. So fifth is uh, Enric Maas at 154. So it's only just a minute off that. So in the next couple of days, uh, and and these are climbs that really does uh, suit uh, um, the little uh, smiling assassin, as they call it. Did you just burp then? (laughs) No, I didn't. So don't blame your uh, sound malfunctions on me, Daniel.
0: <laughs> Mate, I'm going back to 44 minutes and 53 seconds.
1: I'm going to run the tape after this. I, 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 I did not burp. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: or, or make Or make any other bodily sounds, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Could be, um, it could be different tomorrow night, though, after the, the big uh, day in uh, at Mitchell. Oh, yeah.
0: So, you're going to have to you have to make sure you're chopping in waters, mate. You yeah. <laughs> know, <laughs> we don't want to – um. what was his name? Les Patterson? You don't want to – that's all the uh Yeah. Now, we've got a comment from our mate Stewie McIntosh. If he always has some great stories, does he have any about interactions with some of the biggest names in the sport like Eddie Merckx or Lance Armstrong? What do those blokes like to talk to? Oh wow! How long have yeah. you
1: got? Well, how long, long have you got? I, I went a couple of quick ones. Well, I, I interviewed Lance a few times, but uh, um, but then on you the tour of Ireland, wallet. tour of yes, I did. the yeah. Tour of Ireland, we we uh, 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 got stuck with him in the pub. But when I got crook with cancer a few years back, right when he was uh, at the height of his uh, um, problems, he did send me a, a really nice email. Wishing me the best, but I've got a couple of great Eddie Merck stories because I, uh, when Eddie broke the hour record, we got there. I think I have told this on on on, on D2 before, but so Donnie Allen, myself, and Clyde Sefton, we were riding through a Mexico amateur race, and we all got eliminated. And a guy named Mike Neal, a very good American, so we right across Mexico. We're miles away. It, it took us a day and a half to get to Mexico City. And we got there the, the day that he uh, uh, broke the hour record. We were there and, and watched it jump the fence. We were one of the first to him. And we're in the, it's this big crowd. We're getting pushed. And I've got this little home movie camera. And I hit him in the head with the camera. You see, he's just broken the hour record. And he's having to rub his head. And years later, I got lucky enough to race against Eddie and, you know, whatever, but I was the first person to import his bikes into Australia and I was out to dinner with him and I told him that story. As soon as I said, I hit you in the head with the camera, he started rubbing his head. I remember that. I remember that. So, uh, yeah, my Eddie Merck's story. I was one of the few people to hurt Eddie Merckx. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> classy.
0: And, oh, I mean, if you want to see some footage of Iffy with Lance from 2005, I reckon maybe tomorrow on the detour, DeLorean, I'll uh, bust out some footage from the old detour, the original movie. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh.
0: yeah. Uh, all right, a few more comments, just general checking in. Uh, Carolyn, g'day. Uh, Jenny Whitehead, good evening, George. Sorry, I should have showed that a bit earlier. Um, <laughs> and then Wombat, he says, surely if the commissaire accreditation does not require sprinting experience, then the accreditation system is flawed and needs fixing.
1: I agree, Wombat.
0: On your Wombat. Uh, we've got another question.
1: Geez, the fans are into you, John. JT, how would you get into journalism? Actually, a guy named Colin Duck, who was one of the great editors of the, uh, of the oh, Sun. Oh, Ducky. Ducky, a, a great man, um, contacted me a couple of years after I'd stopped racing and asked me if I'd just like to do a comment piece on the Sun Tour. I said, oh, okay. So uh, that's how I started. The first year, I uh, just had a journo travelling with me. I just went to the pub and... Gave him a few notes and he did the rest. The second year they made me do a bit of work. I started writing and then I ended up working for the uh, paper for a while. I did a, a weekly column for a couple of years with the with the Sun um, and loved it. And mainly about uh, racing, of course. Although with the, with the, for quite a while, I was just riding on general cycling and the bike paths and stuff like that. But but I've loved it. But that was back in uh, oh gee, I, I suppose it'd be um, mid eighties, late eighties. Yep. Yeah.
0: And, and what some people might not know is how we first met. Uh, you used to take some people over to the Tour de France, and, and my father went on the tour in 2004. And you? Yes. And at one point, the Tour de France would have thought that the Geelong Advertiser was the biggest newspaper in Australia based on the amount of accreditations that were linked to them. You had drivers. You What, what were some of the roles you had? Photographers?
1: Not just uh, the Geelong Advertiser, also uh, Sport Nine Two Seven. They had a few in there. We, we had a, uh, quite a large group. I got a little bit uh, over the top at one stage. A couple of uh, class clowns who created a bit of trouble, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Relil in the in the, yeah, uh, that's right. in the press centre. But but we survived it all. We survived it all. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so then, yeah. The, so we, when your dad came home, he, he gave you you were uh, the the apprentice filmmaker at the time yeah Uh, film
0: film school and then i saw this footage of the tour de france and i'm like wow this would make an unbelievable documentary and it all just went from there and then we we pitched the idea to do a docker on the 2005 tour de france three weeks before the tour left and i remember when i was at the tour i had no idea and i still don't how the race worked and tactics and um oh it was embarrassing like how little the knowledge was back then. No, no, Um,
1: no, no. No, the most embarrassing thing is you didn't know how to use the bloody camera. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's right. Good time.
1: Tom Alaris, I'll never forget that spray
0: when we handed the footage in on that first day and it was wide shots of you interviewing Cadell and I remember handing it in and going to Tom, oh, what do you think of the footage? And he just shook his head and he said, mate, it's shit house. Have you ever worked in TV before? I said, nah. I used to do wedding videos and even they were shit <laughs> so, but I mean, they, uh, used all,
1: they used all of
0: your uh, footage though mate yeah we we, we came good um, yeah, Skull to, I was Skull, a chauffeur yeah. at one stage I think that yeah. was a common role on the tour but yeah good times yeah, yeah, yeah. alright mate final predictions for stage 11 Who who's going to win
1: oh gee I think it's a really good one um Do you want to know Uh, the odds? Yeah. Uh, Roglic, 360.
0: Carapes, 550. Martin, uh, 950. Hugh Carthy, $11. Clement Champussin, $11.
1: Look, I can't see them beating Roglic today. I I just think he's Mm, he's the man in form and can be too good. Yeah.
0: All right, well, stay tuned. We'll debrief all the action from Stage 11 on tomorrow's episode. And no doubt, Johnny's going to be lick it up, so it's going to be an episode that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned tomorrow night, 7.30, straightness and standard time for another episode of The Detour.